It's your whole response, your body, your yeah. own response. And that's why you cannot compare to another person. Oh, the person doesn't brush the teeth. How is it that they get away with it? They don't have problems. And then I brush my teeth all right. the time. I have problems. Right. It's a lot to do with your own immune response right. to the presence of the bacteria. So you have to put in the effort. Mm. Okay. So no matter what, you have to put in the effort because it's your teeth. Yeah. And if I'm the dentist and I'm not cleaning your teeth, you're not cleaning the teeth, who is cleaning the teeth? Welcome to another episode of Shift with Shabra. I am your host, Shabra Venetti, and I am a sleep consultant for adults and children. I'm also a baby science program instructor and an Akashic light healing practitioner. On today's episode, we have Dr. Gunn coming in to tell us all about dental health and hygiene and how it corresponds to our overall health and well-being. Dr. Gunn is a periodontal surgeon, which basically means that she is a gum surgeon, but she will tell us more about that because she's much more able to describe all the different factions of dentistry and what is the difference between a periodontist, periodontal surgeon compared to a regular dentist. And on top of the explanations, Dr. Gunn has kindly come in with a presentation to talk all about what is basic oral health and you know, how does it correspond to problems of disease? How does your gum health and how does your teeth correspond to other health problems, but also what you can do to prevent those and to make sure that you do not have those possible corresponding health problems by maintaining good teeth health and gum health. And what does actual good, healthy looking gums look like? So just as a heads up for today's episode, Dr. Gunn is going to be sharing some images of teeth and gums, and there will be some that are going to be healthy looking and some that are not so healthy looking gums and teeth. So if you are someone that may be a little bit more sensitive to certain graphic imagery, please do maybe tune into the audio version of this episode. But if you do like visual representation of some of the information she's talking about, then do tune in back for the YouTube video of this interview so that you get a little bit more images to help you understand what she's talking about. Other than that, I hope you enjoy today's episode and the content. And if you have any requests for future episodes, do write into us down in the show notes below is our contact details. So do drop us an email if you have any requests for future shows. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. So thank you so much, Dr. Gunn, for joining us today on Shift with Shabra. Could you just share a little bit about how you became a periodontal surgeon and what are we going to be learning today from you? Well, thank you very much, Shabra, for inviting me. Actually, what I want to share with everyone is about oral literacy, which I think many people are not aware about their mouths until they have some problems. And I think I've always thought that if anyone comes to see me, if they ever go away from seeing me and not see me anymore, at least they learn to know how to brush their teeth and take care of the pearly whites in their mouths and maintain the oral health, which is so integral to the general health of the body. 
as new science is beginning to show more and more. And this is something that cannot be ignored anymore as uh, something separate. It has to be integrated into medicine. I'd like to show this presentation, but just realize that the contents of this presentation are for educational purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. This presentation does not provide medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical or dental condition. Like yes. Thomas Edison said, the doctor of the future will give no medicine but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame in diet, in the cause and prevention of disease. And oral disease is the major health burden, whatever income you have or not. It affects probably about 3.5 billion people. Mm. And we're talking about caries, decay, and gum disease. It is a global burden of disease of untreated caries. Gum disease, 75 to 90% of the population is affected. So you can be a health bug but you can also have gum disease without realizing it. Right. And oral cancer, one of the three common cancers in Asia and the Pacific, it's important to detect it early for good quality of life and survival. And treatment of oral disease usually is not in a health package. Prevention is the key, especially in the early stages. And that includes not abusing alcohol and harmful oral habits. When you say harmful oral habits, are we talking about things like, you know, chewing smoking. gum, smoking, chewing tobacco, that kind of chewing stuff? Chewing tobacco, mm -hmm. alcohol abuse, mm -hmm. yeah. drugs abuse. And, uh, or biting on your nails. Mm, biting on your nails, and, yeah. Yeah. Oral habits like also anorexia. Mm -hmm. All those are bad habits mm -hmm. and constantly snacking without right. cleaning mm. all right all these are oral habits people do without realizing it of right. putting a pencil in their mouths or putting a finger in their mouths i mean we must be aware that so many things go through our mouths and right. there's so many changes we don't realize it until something else is more manifested mm. I'd like right. to share this picture of the truth and mm -hmm. maybe everybody get a bit more familiar with it as to how, because of understanding this picture, you understand why the different specialities of dentistry has come about. Yes, I was going to ask that actually, if you know, you could elaborate a little bit about what the difference between a dentist, an orthodontist and a periodentist or periodontal surgeon, what like who do you go for for what and what does each faction do well i graduated as a general dentist and i think that all if not most general dentists are able to address your day-to-day -day problems okay. however when they get a bit more complicated then you might be referred to a specialist who is a dentist who has been trained in a particular specialty Right. Like if we're talking about periodontology. Perio is perimeter, per around. So it is around the tooth. So it is periodontist, right? Mm -hmm. When you talk about this is the tooth and endo, endo is inside, it's inside 
the tooth, the nerve. So endodontist is a specialist who specializes in the nerve treatment of the tooth. Right. And then prosthodontist is a specialist of dentist who does the bridges, crowns, and the oral rehabilitation of the mechanics of the mouth. Oral right. surgeon is somebody who specializes in the oral tissues and also wisdom teeth removal. And also if there's any pathology in the upper and lower jaw. And now we have also what is called implantologists. Those are people who have undergone a lot more certification in implants, in issuing and doing implants so that they are able to do it, take into consideration the mechanics, the general aspect of the whole system first before the implant is being placed. So you can have a periodontist who does implants, an oral surgeon who does implants, or even a general dentist who does implants. That's not wrong. But eventually you have to find your click with that particular implantologist yeah. regarding their skills, their experience, their knowledge, and the ability to be able to address your issues and also rehabilitate you for what you have lost with an implant. Right. Generally, okay. most dentists would be able to refer you out to another person, another specialist, if they are not able to address your issues. And that is the general thinking that we have amongst ourselves. And it's our onus of responsibility to the patient to do that tooth is actually sitting in a bed of tissues which is called the periodontium which is called the supporting structures so right. you have the connective tissues here which is holding it to the jawbone and then you have also the gums that's on the outside and that's called the attached gingiva the nuchal gingival line and the alveolar mucosa so most people just think that the teeth are just stuck in the mouth but yeah. they are not just stuck in the mouth. There is a cushion of fibers, which is the connective tissue, which is very important in what is called the periodontal disease. So understanding the signs of this will help you manage your gum problems. And we must thank all this information, this scientific basis, to a person called Anton van Leeuwenhoek, who was a businessman as well as a scientist. And in 1683, he actually used what is called a white mater, which is actually the dental plaque from his own mouth. And he observed them and he saw little animacules, as he calls it, like little creatures in his dental plaque. So it is beginning to be, it's, I mean, gum disease is something that is noted for thousands of years. Even the Egyptians knew about it. But it's only about 1965, the cause and effect is more understood. And Anton van Leeuwenhoek was the person who probably started this understanding about this biofilm formation, which is when the bacteria, which is free-floating in our mouth, attaches to a surface, which is your tooth or your tongue or your cheeks or anywhere in the mouth, and then they colonize, meaning more bacteria come in and they produce what is called an extracellular matrix. 
and this helps to hold them together and protect them from the bulk fluid or the saliva trying to wash them away and they grow to complex colonies. And how long can bacteria, just for a gauge, like how long does it take bacteria to multiply um, on air, like so quickly, like within seconds, milliseconds? It begins to form the minute after you stop brushing. <laughs> right. So it just starts multiplying immediately, like just from the next second, it's already starting to multiply. Yeah, because they are free floating all around. And mm. it's ubiquitous. I mean, just look around you. You can see an algae over some rocks. It's in industrial communities. It's in your food. You leave a piece of bread on the table and grows mold. It's in the medical implants. It's on the ships, the hull of the ships, where you have these water washing over the sides of the ship, and then the bacteria clinging onto the sides, and then they will be calcified when it dries out, and then the ships need to go to harbor to descale. It's just like why you need to descale <laughs> the deposits in your mouth. It's the bacteria coating your mouth. You can do a little experiment, I mean, stop which they have done, and you can not wash your toilet bowl, and you can see that there will be a maturation of this bacteria biofilm, which is a group of the bacteria together. And then they mm. can develop to a more complex community, and they begin to give us smells and sulfurous products and that's why you can have what is called bad breath towards the end of your gum disease. The biomes of the oral cavity is not just one biome in the mouth, it is they are different over different parts of the mouth and it because of the different ecological niches is just like we have different community in Topayo, different in Queenstown, different in Orchard Road, the hub activity is different. So the bacteria will also behave differently. So having an understanding of this will help you a lot in clearing the bacteria biofilms of your mouth. So not all bacteria is bad, but there are potentially bad ones and there are good beneficial harmless bacteria. But we have to have a critical mass of good bacteria forming around our teeth. If not, the bad ones would come and infect our gums. So we want to maintain this good colony, which is important by brushing on a regular basis. So it's important for people to understand that when we say biome, whether it's in the oral or in the gut or around the teeth, these are all basically colonies of the biome is basically how the colonizations of or the colonies of bacteria is operating in those areas. But it's also understanding that they need to be in balance, right? They can't have too much of one and too little of the other. It has to maintain in, ba in balance of the two. Yes, actually, this is all according to the laws of the universe, where everything needs to be in a balance. And before we used to think that you need to have, you wipe out all the bacteria and that's where we have antibiotics, then we are beginning to realize that it is really harming our own immune system and our own health as well. If you were to stop brushing your teeth, you know that they will develop very quickly within 21 days. And this is done in 1965 by Dr. Learn workers on experimental gingivitis. And you see that the plaque plug or the biofilm collects around the neck area of the teeth and they begin to irritate the gums uh, resulting in the condition called gingivitis. And then you can see on the histological slides that 
at one week and three weeks, the appearance is entirely different. So in this chaos of the universe, there is actually an orderly development of this dental plot. So understanding this development and intervening on a regular basis, you will be able to clear the mature disease-causing one to something that is more healthy. So if you have healthy gingiva, it will look like that on the upper left-hand corner. And then mild gingivitis, where you start having redness, swelling, and bleeding. And if you can see on the lower right side, it's severe gingivitis, where there is also dysfunction, movement of the teeth, because the fibers are all inflamed. And when they're inflamed, they will be more fragile, and they will move in the direction of the chewing and the mastication. So that's why the function can change. So when it develops into something called periodontitis, it means that the gum disease has gone further into your gums, into your fibers, resulting in tooth migration, fistula or gum boils. Some patients will say, oh, it comes and goes. And you think that it's nothing. Oh, the body is healing itself. But I think it's better that you go and investigate before that swelling, the fistula or the gum abscess destroys the whole connective tissue to support around the tooth and cause that tooth to lose bone around it. So if you do not bite well, you have tipping, you know that you better go and see the dentist soon. And this is a pictograph of what healthy gums look like. And we usually use a little ruler, we call it a periodontal probe, to check the gum pockets or the depth of this space around the tooth. And this space is important to note because the deeper it is, the more disease it is associated with. And right. the mm. more you need to have a periodontist come into the picture to help you manage. You can still see your general dentist and the periodontist at various periods of time according to their assessments. And we have a risk profiling and that will help to keep your teeth for the rest of your life because who doesn't want teeth? <laughs> I think we are in this generation where we know that if we can keep our teeth, we want to be able to keep our teeth. Yeah. And this picture, if everybody can have a look at it, you have to you would appreciate so much why the calculus of the biofilm is so damaging. Because it's like the HDB flats, it's no longer mud flats or sand castles that's bathing your tooth. They have now become concrete townhouses, condominiums, okay? Or caked onto your teeth on the enamel and it is adjacent to your gums. And so doing, they are also living beings, so they will poo and pee and they will produce a lot of chemical substances that will irritate the gum lining next to this calculus or the dental plaque, calcified dental plaque. And in so doing, it will cause deepitalization, meaning that the lining will thin out and you have what is called a leaky gums. So where right. toxins, poisons from these bacteria colony can spill into the bloodstream and believe it or not, get into your heart. And this is something we have known for many years, and that's why people with heart valve diseases have been recommended to have antibiotic cover. And also in some countries, they recommend that you do not have a donation of blood 
if you have gone to the dentist 48 hours earlier. So this is something many people do not realize that every day, whether eat, chew, or brush their teeth, the bacteria biofilm, if the gums are leaky, will spill the toxins into your bloodstream. So in that in that same tone, I mean, I think you'll probably be covering it, but there you mentioned heart-related issues, but there there should surely there are a number of other issues that then are probably connected to your gum health and if or the lack of gum health and then it can cause other diseases but you will be probably covering that i would imagine we will be covering that only in a little bit because there's too much to cover and people will wonder how can it go into the rest of the body why would it affect a renal disease why would it affect rheumatoid arthritis but you must realize that the biofilms are something that is very dynamic in the mouth, meaning that they can just rip off and they can stream along the swallowing of the food and the saliva down your gut. They can be aspirated into your lungs and give you a lung infection and they can disperse by seeding and that's how this biofilm can disperse also in your body if it is not through the bloodstream. And then we, I want to show this slide to show that there are groups of bacteria which is associated with health, which is in the green complex and in the yellow complex and the purple and of course in the orange and red. There are groups of bacteria that have been known or associated with gum disease. But it is not just the bacteria is the cause of the, of the gum disease. It exists, bacteria exists in the biofilms, no doubt. It is yeah. to protect the individual organisms within the subgingival bacterial community. But it's the inflammatory response to the chronic presence of the plaque bacteria that results in the destruction of the structural components of the gums. Meaning what? Meaning that it's your host response, your body, your own response. Yeah. And that's why you cannot compare to another person. Oh, the person doesn't brush their teeth. How is it that they get away with it? They don't have problems. And then I brush my teeth all the time. Right. I have problems. It's right. a lot to do with your own immune response to the right. presence of the bacteria. So you have to put in the effort. Mm. So no matter okay. what... You have to put in the effort because it's your teeth. And if yeah. I'm the dentist and I'm not cleaning your teeth, you're not cleaning your teeth, who's cleaning the teeth? Yes, exactly. I mean, I think also for parents, it's, it's we obviously teach our kids how to brush and things like that, but it's also to understand that the way our mouth may operate will be slightly different from probably how our children's mouths or biomes will be operating, but it's to give them at least the tools and the know-how and the knowledge so that they can also maintain good, healthy gums and teeth that way. But also know that just because you can get away with brushing once a day doesn't mean that your child should get away with brushing once a day necessarily. Usually children will eat many times a day. And yes. luckily, children are blessed with a simpler uh, flora in the mouth. So they are less prone unless they are on sugary drinks or they're on a poor diet. And that's when they would have other oral diseases. Mm. And so, so it when is you important say, yeah. to tell them the importance of brushing their teeth. And mm. I think the best way to 
bring it to them and tell it to them like a story with germs in your mouth and then they're like monsters eating up your teeth and then you can't eat related to things that they like you know like eating their food so they, if their teeth are all broken down with they're bombed up by the bacteria then they are not able to chew well i think you have to relate it to them in their language so periodontists mm. will probably speak their lingo periodontists dentists who look after children and they're mm. probably very good at it but eventually it's the parent who has to monitor the child's diet and also yeah. check it out for the child because they can only do so much you can't expect them to be so aware as you yeah. straight away so you have to be aware to be able to translate that to helping your child mm. yes very much so For okay adult, you can see if it is if the whole mouth is bleeding he will probably just keep his mouth closed and not talk to anyone or smile but if it was translated to a raw diabetic wound size like what you see here 20 to 80 square centimeters you would obviously go and see the doctor about it so yeah gum disease is something that is they give you the symptoms but it is not that you just ignore it it means that you better listen to the alarm and do something about it. Okay, I have this slide here to let people realize that the mouth is very much entwined with your breathing, your digestion, your chewing, your swallowing, your locomotion even, and your speaking and your social interactions. And you can see that it is very close to the nasopharynx, the laryngopharynx, your swallowing. And understanding the mouth would actually be synergistic to helping the nasopharynx and laryngopharynx. And it will also help in the spinal and facial development, especially for a child. So understanding how to swallow well, where to place your tongue, all these are very important aspects of normal dental development. Back in the 1930s, Dr. Western Price has already shown that fat-soluble vitamins have been deficient in practically every case of active tooth decay. He was orthodontist and he was wondering, a practicing in California, he was wondering why, why the children were having more and more crowding of teeth. And he made right. many travels to uncharted territories in the world where people had no access to Western diet, start refined sugars, refined flowers, and they ate their traditional diet. And the energetic and the nutrient value of these foods are able to sustain them in a good skeletal health and also good dental health. But as we understand about the importance of the microbiome or the bacteria over our whole bodies, which is 10 times more than that in our gut, then there are cells in our body we begin to realize that the bacteria are the ones that rule the world. <laughs> they <Yeah>. rule us. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Ten times more powerful in our mouth than, than in the gut. There are ten times more bacteria than oh, there are cells. So are you wow. Shubra? Are you Shubra cells or are you Shubra bacteria cells? Am I speaking to more Shubra bacteria cells? Because they have 150 times their DNA contribution as 
our wow. own DNA. So we are beginning to understand that the microbiome project, which is an understanding, the human microbiome project, is an understanding of the bacteria in our bodies and how they help us in health or disease and how it is important that we get back to reflourish our gut with these good bacteria. And of course, the recommendation of avoiding refined sugars, margarine trans fats, cakes, prepackaged processed foods is important because those are usually pro-inflammatory, meaning that they will feed the bad bacteria, then they have no nutritional value, vitamins and minerals, and that's how they will tip the balance of our microbiome towards disease causing. And that's why when we have inflammation in our body, it adds on. So this again is about the standard American diet, which I wouldn't say is standard American now, but it's more a Western style diet because you also see it in the new modern way of living of everybody. It's almost a global village now. It's no longer Correct. American. Correct, that's right. And there is a big mouth-body connection that is becoming more and more important that everyone needs to know that you also have a part to play in your general health by taking care of your mouth. And I must give big recognition to Professor Robert Jenko, who was a pioneer in periodontal research and a leader in the broad recognition of the periodontal systemic link because we know that 80% of our immune system comes from our gut, but efforts also have to be directed in our mouths because our mouth is where there are about 26% of the microbiome of the body and the gut is 29%. And it is the entry, oh, wow. it is the gateway. That's right, the gut. yeah. So yeah. important for us to do that. Now we are beginning to talk about the microbiome and not really the biofilm. It is a term coined by microbiologist Joshua Lederberg in 2001 when they did this human microbiome project. And there are many, many studies, I think 5,000 peer-reviewed articles on mm. this, if not more. And a lot of information is coming out where we can leverage on this to help ourselves towards health because there are health-associated bacteria and there are disease-associated bacteria, and they determine our health or disease. And WHO has issued a grim warning about the superbug threat that treatable diseases are nowadays becoming killers because of the misuse of antibiotics and give rise to antibiotic resistance and it kills all good and bad bacteria alike and disrupts yeah. the oral flora. I just recently saw a child with oral candidiasis. It was very recalcitrant and really sticking in his mouth and he had a lot of decay in his mouth which the mother also didn't know and he had a lot oh. of allergies. So all this is interrelated and we have to see that interrelation and understanding and help the child get back to oral health because the child is young. We need to start them early before they yeah. get the issues become more and more complex. I I'm just wanted to just double check because just in case for people to also understand in layman terms, right? When you have your good bacteria and your bad bacteria in balance, that's homeostasis or basically where you are in neutral, your body's in neutral and therefore it means in a way that your body should be 
healthy-ish, yeah? It should be relatively healthy if it's in balance. The problem that happens in today's lifestyle or diet selection is that when we eat things that are not high in nutritional value, which is things like vitamins, minerals, good healthy fats, good proteins, and you know, sufficient carbohydrates, or decent carbohydrates, I would say, when we eat certain things that are not very rich in these good nutritional values, it then feeds the bad bacteria in our mouth, or our gut to start multiplying, which then causes inflammation because the bad bacteria is the one that is going to start, if it starts multiplying, it starts infecting, it starts to infect us in that it causes inflammation. And then that inflammation then da, 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 translates to health problems. Am I getting the, the, the chronological? Yes, yes. Am I getting the, chrono, the chronological uh, and thing? I, I wouldn't say that they're bad because the environment that we have created so it is not just our eating poorly that's causing that, but course, it's also yeah. brushing the teeth and then yes. you allow the biofilm to mature. And yes, then when you right. allow so it to mature, then the complex, the disease-causing ones come in and that's where the problem is. And you yes. know, the general understanding now is that the gut health is related to so many other things, your health, your mental, emotional health, your sleep, your diet immunity, you know, stress management. And very much like Professor Jenko has also stressed at that point of time that there's such a co-relationship between the oral and systemic health. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, as you said, it's the gateway, right? Like yes. you put whatever's into your mouth. The biome over here is also 26% and then here's down here is 29% of the overall biome of your body that's quite significant you know amounts for small space and the large space that's and the gut also is the second i think it's the, it's the second most number of neurons in your body because obviously the first is your brain and and so your your gut has its own thinking way so it affects also the rest of the body but then yes the oral one would also correspond to that so it, it needs to both be it's not just obviously as you said just diet it's also maintaining you know through brushing and cleaning and and managing the biofilm in the teeth yes am i getting this <laughs> yes i think that's correct and i think that we have a chance but like you can brush your teeth how do you scrub your gut yeah i'll just scrub right. your teeth <laughs> but right, i think right, we yeah. are all given that chance to brush our teeth right so yeah. i think this is the the simplest we can do i think we already been honored to to have this privilege so yeah. one should not let go of this advantage that we have because mm. i think it is a much more invasive and abrasive way of brushing the bathroom in your guts, isn't it? Other yeah. than you yes. do a fasting, yes. <laughs> which yeah. is another topic altogether, because right. the probiotics, the good bacteria, have been known for all their advantages. So we would like to promote the growth of these, good balance of these good bacteria, because it's not that the bad bacteria are not there. They are there, but they are not turning the genes on to express mm. the disease. So mm. you have to understand that it's not that you are so free of bacteria, which overcleaning is also not a good thing. Yeah, so that's right. I think you have to understand it is always a balance, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
And I just want to share this case of a little child who came to see me and he was five years old and he had rampant caries and the general opinion was that he had to have the filling some and the general anesthesia because the child was not cooperative. And so dentists are also hard put to try to help young patients. And we do need cooperative patients to be able to do good fillings. So, yes. of course, his gut is, if you look at the tongue, he has what is called a geographic tongue or painful tongue. And so he's very choosy about the food, as you can understand. All this a lot to do with the bacteria in his gut and the poor balance of bacteria in his mouth as well. So what I did was I did an integrated approach where we did whole foods for him and we did some gut repair through nutritional lifestyle habit changes. And in three weeks time, he was a different boy altogether. And I was able to do the fillings for him while he was seated up without undergoing general anesthesia. But the parents have to remember that they have to go through the ride with the child and not expect mm. that we become the discipline masters. We can't, we need the parents' support as well. So everybody needs to be involved. And the, mm. the, the gut is balanced, the, the neurotransmitters are made, he's so much happier, he's balanced, he has no ADD symptoms, behavioral issues that was diagnosed earlier on. So right. I can say that uh, we can do a lot more if we give the right advice. In fact, mm. the term doctor, eductor, came from the Latin word eductor, which means mm. to educate. So our right. first role is actually to educate. But I mm. believe that nowadays, everybody is in the quick, fast lane, do something, do something in the doing. Yeah. But we have to understand that understanding is also important. It's like, I don't want to know everything about it. You just tell me what to do. It's not like that. It's your body. You have to participate in it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you have to participate in your own body's health. This one is another boy. He is only three and a half years old. He's epileptic and on medication. He had dental work, as you can see, on the upper left tooth. And he came back with other cavities. And he was recommended also for extractions of the forefront teeth. This is quite drastic. Of course, the child is not cooperative, but making the parents understand and help the child get some kind of equal balance. I think that helps a lot in managing mm. these kind of issues. And it's not the amount of degrees or specialties a person has, but it's actually the practical management eventually. Mm. I mean, you can extract the teeth, but there will be consequences at such a age. What type of consequences are we talking about just i mean offhand i'm sure it's very particular depending case by case but well the what... child is a human being and yes. psychologically they, there are some studies to show that they are actually impacted more negatively having gone through a general anesthesia and their teeth doubled with than if they had to undergo many fighting trips with the dentist <laughs> but get some treatment done and I think eventually it's a matter of education again. Everybody needs to be involved. You need, maybe, I, I feel the COVID is good in the sense that it stops people in their tracks. So it gives you time to think. 
what mm. am I doing? Am I doing it correctly? Mm. So what are you rushing for? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the human being more important than yeah. everything else that we have been focusing on. Of course, important to bring in the, the money and all that aspects, but maybe you could do with less. Mm. Maybe not a Coke drink or a sugary drink, but just plain water. Go back mm. to the basics. Yeah, because is it is it true that because I've heard it in some Chinese medicine that each tooth sits on a meridian point of the body and therefore can correspond to different body parts, like different organs or different parts of the body that way. So sometimes tampering with the tooth can may have a relationship to that body part. There is an energetic connection, but I think mm. it is too big a topic to cover in this talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just focus more on the oral health mm. today. Okay. And nowadays we know that probiotics does decrease the mutant streptococcal counts, which is the bacteria causing decay and can have a positive effect in the prevention of caries. So you see, understanding what bacteria can do can help you toward helping the microbiome of the mouth. Mm. And of course, we don't want to go back to the days when we have to have our teeth pulled by our grandmothers or we have to be held down. Because yeah. dentistry is now so comfortable that it can be done in a very comfortable, non-frightening way. And if you understand it more, you would not be fearful of going to see the dentist. Mm. I can't em emphasize enough about the mouth-body connection because... Oral inflammation, it is so discreet, it adds on to any other inflammation in the body, which we are so focused on everything else in our lives, we forget. And mm. you can be a very famous runner, but you, you have very bad gum disease. And you just ignore it because it's not painful until there is an acute episode. Chronic inflammation is the one that may tip balance. And since the 90, early 1990s, there are a lot of studies to link inflammation with heart disease, mm. heart attacks, cancers, right. Alzheimer's, neurological diseases, and the mouth, the oral cavity, is one area you must not forget. So because it affects your oral health being, it is being regarded as a window to the body. And as you can see, it can also be related to premature birth, lung diseases, liver diseases, Strokes and heart attacks are the ones that is most highlighted because these were first done on veteran soldiers and they were done on soldiers who were under 50. So a lot of studies came out from there where when you have gum disease, you have two times the rate of cardiovascular events like heart disease and stroke. And right. although COVID is the main picture now, it is still heart disease that's the main killer. Mm. And then going to see a dentist, even if you don't do anything, just take an x-ray because sometimes you can see that you have these plaque deposits or deposits inside your blood vessels that are seen in your vessels, artery vessels that are going to your brain. And the dentist would appropriately refer you to a cardiologist for management 
and likewise, there is a general consensus now between the American Academy of Cardiology and Paradontology that if they see a patient with severe gum disease, they will refer to cardiologists. And if the cardiologists know that the patient has got heart disease, they will likewise refer the patient to the periodontist for management, mm. for co-management, which would ultimately help in the positive outcome for the patient. I want to show this slide and it's going to be shown twice because I want to emphasize that, of course, there are many non-modifiable factors that can predispose you severity and prevalence of gum disease like genetics, where the interleukin-1 produces more inflammatory factors. If you have other systemic diseases, it's like I said, inflammation. If you have inflammation, one other inflammation from the mouth adds on to it. Diabetes is because the white blood cells are also a little bit more lethargic in the gums, so they will not be able to defend their gums against the onslaught of bacteria. Gender, I think it's habits, age, pregnancy, and puberty because of hormonal changes, socioeconomic status. But there are many modifiable factors that can be addressed. In fact, it is considered a modern-day disease, or rather it is considered a chronic disease, and lifestyle has to a big part to play with it. So even okay. if it is for one second or one minute that you brush your teeth, take the time out for that one minute to brush your teeth. All right? Mm. Because stress instead of smoking. Because stress, smoking, and inadequate sleep are the three main factors that predispose you towards gum disease and, and severity and deterioration of gum disease. So poor diet lifestyle is also an important factor. If you understand all this, you can very well actually help yourself a lot. Yeah. Quit smoking because smokers have been known. No matter all, they take all the rich food. They, I have patients who are smokers and that's to address their stress. And then they say they eat organic food only. They go on this kind of diet or that diet. They fast. But you can't cheat your body because mm. the smoke will kill also your good bacteria and then it promotes the bad kinds of bacteria. So don't, mm. don't, don't keep yourself. Mm. You'll prime yourself for sometimes the risk of loss of bone and the gum disease more than, more than non-smokers. And this is actually a patient. I mean, I didn't take out the tooth because the tooth was rock solid, of course. The gums have peeled away. How nature yeah. actually is retreating away from the damage that you are doing on right. the lower tooth. Can you see? The, the mm. patient has been it's like, smoking. It's receded the so gums much. have receded tremendously. Mm. But the tooth is strong, still holding strong. Do I just wow. extract it? No. No. I right. tried to counsel him and he can make use of this tooth for a long period of time. We try to help him to keep it for a longer period of time, but eventually he has to stop the smoking. Mm. So nicotine patches cannot cheat the body. And this is a patient who went on nicotine patches, but he still has bad gum disease. Our modern life is so different. We are always on the go. We are always chasing something. But I think again, we have to make time for transition, for downtime, because relaxation is just as important as stress, you stress, as they call it. It's important to, to go out and make that money. 
but you also must rest because the body is not a machine. The body needs also the rest to relax yeah. and digest and recuperate. So there are choices in your life. So of course, many people, if you talk about lifestyle change, they will just quickly turn off if they are on the fast lane. They will just ask for a quick pill, surgery. So again, I think COVID has taught us to rethink what really are your goals and mm. what are you contented with or what are you chasing for? I think that's a very important thing that everyone has to ask your own self because it's your mouth, <laughs> it's your body. You have to take responsibility for it. Every time yes. you eat or drink, you're either feeding the disease or fighting it. Yeah. So these are just examples of a wholesome diet that people can go on to. And of course, this is like a composite of all the different things, like what we have shown earlier on what could probably cause gum disease further along the line. It's not that just they happen to old people. They happen to young people as well. It's a matter of how fast your lifestyle is and how much you have helped yourself along the way as well. In patients with moderate to severe periodontitis, according to the American Journal in 2009 of cardiology, says that they must be informed that they are at increased risk for atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease associated with periodontitis. So please visit your dentist to give you their clean bill of gum health as well. Don't forget to look at the periodontal disease as an important source of inflammation. So people, some people who smoke, they actually have very nice pain-looking gums. And you not mm. think that they have problems, but they are actually cardiovascular risk patients. And they really need to see the dentist who probes in their mouths to find out whether they have those deep pockets. Because mm. their bleeding would actually be very much lesser and that would mm -hmm. be a masking by the cigarette smoking. Right. So people who keep their teeth live a longer 10 years more than those who lose their teeth, according to Dr. Charles Mayo, co-founder of the Mayo Clinics. Again, we, we emphasize on the importance of smoking, stress, inadequate sleep, poor lifestyle, that factors that you can do something about. So the first place you really need to brush is really your tongue. Because yeah. it's a reservoir of all your bacteria. And if your mm. gut is not digesting well, it will fur up even more. If you take medication, it will fur up on your tongue as well. You do not taste so well as well. Yet a good tongue brush, this one I demonstrated is a silicone bristled tongue brush. And you have to scrape it away. And I will recommend uh, water if you don't have anything else. Go back to the basics. Water, mm. just know that water. It's very important. And how often do you do you scrub your tongue, and or how, and also how often do you need to change that oral tongue brush, for example? I would say that uh, how often you need to scrub your tongue depends on how much it bursts up, because it depends on your health eventually. Because mm -hmm. your health and whether you're taking medication, whether you're dehydrated, would actually prime the colonization and the attachment and the growth of these bacteria plant. So how often is dependent on how often do you see it in your mouth? Mm. So if you are healthy and you're drinking water, you're not taking medication, you're balanced in your life, check your tongue every now and then. Mm. Um, 
one good uh, analogy is a puppy dog's pink tongue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guide. Mm. All right. And then how often do you need to change the oral tongue brush? I think it depends on how much you have already used it or how much it's splayed out. Or, and as a general rule, it's a three-month period. But if you've been using it a lot more and if it's wow. really splayed out, then change it earlier. Right. Three months. That's pretty soon. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was thinking like a year, but okay. Three oh, months. <laughs> three months, I think you review it. And then you, right. you know, if it isn't really doing its job, then you better change it. Don't even wait for that three month period. Mm, okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so bacteria <laughs> change my accumulates yeah. around the neck area of the teeth. So I would normally tell patients that they need to target the brushing at the gum margin. Like mm. we said earlier, it's the space there. It's like a little cuff or collar around yeah. your tooth. And this collar is where you need to put your brush on the tooth inside the gums. Jiggle it to disrupt the bacteria bars. Jiggle, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the proper way of brushing. This method was devised by a cardiologist, actually. And I, oh. I, I, whatever brush I'm using, I have no preference for any one brush, but I do like the fine bristled and rounded ones that can go inside the gum spaces. And most patients are afraid because they say the gums are bleed, but that is a sign that your gums are not in good health. Yeah. So all the more, you, if you're afraid of doing that, then go and see the dentist, verify it with the dentist. Because mm. it's the gum space. It is actually the wall zone of where the bacteria are having a fight. Right. And of course, in all wars, there are casualties. So of course, there's bleeding, there's leaky gums there. So it is yeah. important to brush at the gum margins. And if you have no gum bleeding, if you're doing it this way, it is the best marker and predictor of gum health. Because if you have gum disease, bleeding gums, it sets the stage for periodontitis, gum disease, the severe form, and other inflammations in your body. We just talk also, is then the same rule applicable for toothbrushes as well, that you want to change it every three months or less if you if it's starting to spay or... Yes, or, correct. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, so it's the same rule. Yes, it's the same rule. And in terms of toothpastes, because there is also this, you know, wonderful debate sometimes where people are talking about fluoride, non-fluoride. Can we elaborate what the difference is in where should people does it make a difference what type of toothpaste they're using i ask you why do you brush your teeth the biofilm <laughs> off so off. <laughs> basically if you have no money you just have a toothbrush water will do wow okay okay mm-hmm. but if you can afford a little bit more i would recommend a mouthwash which has the enzyme system to help you balance the ecosystem Right. If you are prone to decay, then some people would use a fluoride, a little bit of fluoride toothpaste because it is the impact in the mouth that helps the strengthening and hardening of the tooth. But it's not the ingestion of the toothpaste, ingestion yes. of the fluoride. So you must calibrate what are you trying to do when you brush your teeth. You're cleaning mm. out the bacteria. But some people want a mint toothpaste because they can't stand the the garlic in their mouths after they've had garlic. Then you go and do your garlic. Some people do not want any toothpastes. Then they'll just use oil pulling 
uh, they just use oil in their mouths and the Ayurvedic way of oil pulling, where they have cinnamon or anise, anise and turmeric in it, which is also antibacterial. So there are many systems to go by. Mm. Mm. And I would okay. say that you do what is best to help you. I have an 80 year old who comes in only once a year because she's managed it very well herself. Right. Yeah. No cavities and good gum health. And she used the oil pulling. It's mm. not written in our scientific data, but it works. So right. I think when we are in this world of science and science is always evolving theory. Yes. And until yes. we find the equivalent uh, to be able to put it on paper, then it becomes documented data. But yeah. if it is a practical evidence that, uh, by your body, I think it is something that you can follow. That mm. is my, my take on it. Right. But the science of it is that we have 100% plug control. It, it optimizes your oral health that as was demonstrated already in 2014. So thorough mechanical cleaning of all tooth surfaces, at least every second day study, as shown by Dr. Axelson and workers. And mm. the thing is that like you were asking me about using, what do you use? It's the mechanical cleaning, right? So mm. it's not about the toothpaste or the mouthwash or whatever. Yeah. You can go under perfume water. Will you be cleaned? You need to scrub yourself still. So mm. likewise, you need to scrub your teeth. Right, okay. And how often, I think, is the next question of like, is it just twice a day, morning and night, or is it every meal, or was it just once a day? Like, what is the what is the gold standard? The general recommendation is twice a day. Okay, if you're really what's your recommendation, Doctor Gan? <laughs> once in two days, but I would say that it all depends on your other factors like your lifestyle. Are you dehydrated? Mm -hmm. Are you on medication? Do you have a systemic disease? Do you have a genetic link? You know, do you have any? <laughs> Other factors that is compromising, are you snacking? What are you eating? So I cannot answer that for you because I think that has to be tailored for each and every person. Mm. You know, we like to hear some, we like to have selective hearing on, so that we can do with the minimum. Human beings are just lazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I guess since most people are also in at home or working from home, then I think like, would you would you say that since any time every time we eat we also you know it, it builds up to the biofilm like a standard would be like brush after meal every meal since at least we're home we can kind of do it now a lot easier yes you can do that but i don't think you need to use all the toothpastes because toothpastes usually have abrasives mm. so you don't want to be scrubbing away or tooth unnecessarily or become so with obsessive compulsive uh, person just generally brush and clean well the bathroom because each time you clean it well does not allow it to mature to the disease causing bathroom mm. so in between the gaps you have to understand this is where you need to go and see the dentist and probably customize what is needed for you and there is a mm. plethora of brushes do i need all of them i think the dentist will be able to guide you on what is needed and some people can just make do with one brush but some people have an array of brushes it's like your accessories to your computer things 
<laughs> so there are no yeah. pills for periodontitis. The interdental brush is your medicine. Right. Brushing is your medicine. So the interdental brush is that really tiny, tiny one that sort of goes between teeth. It's like floss, but it's a brush as a floss. Yes. Floss as a brush as a floss, yeah. Mm. Yes, and it's like the baby bottle brush. Yeah, you yeah. clean between the gaps. So yes. this is uh, recommended by the European uh, Federation of Periodontology. Every three, two to three times a day, you brush your teeth, you floss, it, uh, interdental brush, rinse. And then you, every three months, renew your toothbrush. That's worth the three months. But I want to qualify that it has to be on a case-to-case -case basis as well. Once or twice a year, visit your dentist to see that you have got the tartar removed completely. Mm. And of course, hydration. I can't speak enough for it because many people are drinking coffees and coffees and teas throughout the day, meeting up for coffees and teas. And that is a diuretic and that it will drain out your water. So we do yes. need to drink water and reminding myself now. <laughs> yes, I mean, I think that's the irony is that, you know, we coffee and tea both have water in it, but actually the caffeine also dehydrates the body yes. of, of its liquid. So you need to actually drink more water after you've drink coffee or tea. And um, especially when you are talking also. You yes. need to drink water. Yes. So this is the general reminder that it's good for everybody to take home and mm -hmm. that biofilm attaches within minutes. It's increasingly yeah. tolerant to antibiotics, antiseptics, so whatever best antiseptic you have, it doesn't clean it away or disinfect it. Okay? You have to mechanically disrupt it. Two to four mm. days, it develops to the fully mature biofilm, meaning the very disease kind. So it's highly resistant to biocytes, shedding planktonic bacteria. Planktonic bacteria are the free-floating bacteria, which is something, the bacteria is all over our mouths, all over our bodies. It's there all the time. So even if you have no teeth, you have to take out your denture, you still have to clean your implants, because there's bacteria all around still. So don't think that because you had implants or they are not biological, you don't need to clean your teeth. The bacteria are king. So they mm. would stay on your gums and they will wreck disease as they have done to your own teeth. So they rapidly recover from mechanical disruption. So mm. they reform within 24 hours. So mm. the CDC Center for Disease Control states that biofilms cause 65% of infections 65. in the body. Can you imagine yeah. you have biofilm in the body, how do you clean the gut? Scrub yeah. it? <laughs> no, cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we are blessed, we can brush our teeth. You better take advantage of that. Mm. Plus, as you say, it's free, la, you know, in a sense, right? <laughs> it's whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. So you decide <laughs> what kind of teeth you want. Teeth are often considered marker of health, attractiveness, success, even happiness. With long known oral health echoes our overall well-being. It is the foundation and integral to our total health. So do take good care of your teeth and the gums and the oral mm. tissues because that would help towards your total health. Because usually people who have been diagnosed with cancers or any other diseases 
would find that they would have all issues to deal with eventually. Right. Because okay. they would manifest out there. And then having pain in the mouth and not being able to eat robs one of the qualities of life or uh, happiness of eating. So simple mm. things of life, eating, drinking, living, yeah. breathing. Mm. <laughs> so all these just very simple things we have to come to acknowledge and appreciate. Yeah. You need to know that Periodontal disease is multifactorial. You can prevent it, but once you have it, you have to monitor, you have to maintain. Bacteria mm. biofilm starts it, and it's a chronic ongoing if there's no treatment. And come on, I ask you, once you are born, is there nothing you need not to maintain? I think it's, everything is about maintenance, isn't it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so ongoing care is needed as an effective brushing and removal of all first stage biofilm formation. So as to your question of when do you brush your teeth after a snack or after meals, I think you can answer that question. Was it a sticky food, chewy, sticky gums? Or was it some wholesome fruits that you were having and it's quite clean in your mouth? So professional visits are necessary to support your oral health. Like Rumi said, yesterday I was clever. I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise. I'm changing myself. Mm. So each of us needs to do our parts. And every mm. time you smile at someone, it's an action of love, a gift to that person, a beautiful thing. So we all want to be able to smile and show our teeth. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Wow. Thank you so much for all of that information. I just wanted to quickly ask then, because I think a lot of people, as you know, are very fixated on the aesthetic look of their teeth and is, you know, a sign of, because I think, as you said, you know, they might have pink gums, but not necessarily understanding that, you know, there's stuff going on in the pockets. Is white colored teeth a sign of very, you know, like if, if the teeth are yellow or slightly discolored, is that a sign of like bad gum health or bad health for the teeth? And therefore they need to have it white. They need to scrub it until it's white. Or I think yeah. this is a very image uh, question. And it mm. also relates to the culture that you are in. Mm. In mm. some cultures, they still want to have gold teeth. Yes. So, yeah. and if you keep looking at commercials that tell you that toilet white teeth are the best, then you only want toilet white teeth. But as you age, you realize that if your enamel, which is the white layer, thins down, and the dentine, which is the yellow layer inside, is showing through more then your teeth are more yellow. And it is also dependent on whether you are smoking, drinking a lot of colored fluids, chocolate, soya sauce that are staining your teeth. Then I think it's a matter of the need is really up in your head first. Mm. And yeah. according to your peers, are you accepting yourself fully as yourself? Mm. I think at the end, there's a lot of psychology we also need to deal with patients. Like yesterday, I had a patient who came in. She had a lovely bonded tooth that was similar to the adjacent tooth. But she was so fixated that she wanted the bonded tooth removed, or rather the filling removed, and she wants to live with only half the tooth. 
So again, it's mm. the patient's request. And as long as we do not harm the patient and we advise them accordingly to the health, we have to accede to that treatment for her. So what is your perception? I think one other question that I think might, some people might be crossing in their heads in terms of oral health and, and dental health, because of cavities, as you said, is, is caused, you know, from, from things like lifestyle, dryness, you know, lack of sleep, diet, all of these things. So we need to fill these cavities. And there is now, I mean, metal silver fillings were all the rage or was the most common filling type before. And now there is non metal or non-silver filling is there a difference on how that can correspond with our health if we have metal fillings or if we have non-metal fillings basically it is again the timing Mm -hmm. and then there are different surface energies of the different materials as well Mm. Mm. there's so many factors that influence the development of the oral biofilm Okay, and then in, in terms of just for you, Dr. Gan, like what, what is your major, like what is the shift that you want to create with the work that you do? Well, I want to help as many people as possible in the way I know biological dentistry is all about. Mm-hmm. And I, having been to Paracelsus Clinic and having seen the difference it can make to a person's life, I think I want to, I have been practicing biological dentistry and within the confines of the laws mm-hmm. and as long as it can help people i think that's the most important thing and if you can just elaborate very very quickly on like what do you mean by biological dentistry because people just know dentistry as dentistry it is everything to do with the health of the body which mm-hmm. i think our understanding or our training is focused so much on the technical aspects and mm. not enough on the total biological being and Mm. with that i would mean also the energetic mental emotional the auric being and besides the physical Mm. so there are many aspects that i would address that probably no other dentist so far in singapore would address but i think it is very important and that has resulted in my being given the name of being a biological dentist too Mm. yeah and I think it's not just in dentistry, obviously, in, in, in most uh, other medical faculties, it's becoming much more widely known or widely looked into that, you know, a health of a person is not just an, one aspect. We have to look at so many multiple factors, what's happening on so many different levels to the person that is also then corresponding to this particular area. So, I, I mean, I think that's sort of the way the future of most medical as well as you know dental industries will be eventually moving to at least that's my hope i think is that they start looking at the bigger picture as well yeah and i think with the human microbiome project being thrown into the forefront now i think many doctors are also looking into it uh, as to solution of helping patients in a very non-destructive way because mm. every medicament would create also an illness or a side effect or a symptom or right. a toxicity. Yeah. So I think we want to be able to help human beings have that quality of life still. Yeah. I mean, all doctors have a good intention to help people, 
but I think targeting it in a more holistic way would be more, less damaging to the human system. And I think we need to recognize that that is the ultimate goal of the practice of medicine mm. in dentistry. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Okay. And I think on that note, then we shall come to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Gunn, for sharing all of that valuable information. I hope all our viewers and listeners really, really paid attention to the amount of valuable information that Dr. Gunn actually shared today. And I hope everyone's going to be practicing their brushing properly now and looking into getting proper care with their local dentist or periodontist. And yes, thank you so much again for sharing all of this. And thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.